everyone. I'm your host, James Jackson, coming to you from Studio X in Minneapolis. Join me each episode as we focus on the challenges and opportunities our category management and Shopper Insights colleagues face when in the trenches. Let's dive right in. So I'm here today with Dan Thaler. He's a category development manager with Simply Good Foods. Uh, he's on the Kroger team supporting that business and located in wonderful Cincinnati, Ohio. Welcome to the show, Dan. Thanks, James. Glad to be here. So Dan has been identified by some of his peers, and he's very humble when I mentioned this to him, but he's been uh, mentioned by some of his peers as one of the best category managers around. So what we're going to do today is walk through his career, his experience, some of his learnings, and uh, hopefully this will be beneficial to all of you who are listening today. Let's get in the trenches. So Dan, I'd like to first start by learning a little bit about your career journey, a little bit about your history. So if you could spend a few minutes sharing that with us. Yeah, happy to. And and as I said before, not in here, like while some people said best or good, like I can see myself pretty good at what I do, right? I can always get better. I get better every single day. I'm still young at what I'm doing. So like I, I, I'm definitely not the best. I'm still learning. I have a lot to learn. So, you know, I don't want people to think, hey, this guy knows it all. He's got all the answers because that's not true. I just do a couple of things pretty well and I'm, and I'm proud of those things I do. Um, so just wanted to, <laughs> to get that out there. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, in terms of my background, so um, I graduated college and I actually double majored in two things, marketing and entrepreneurial studies, which are two very relevant things to what I've done in my career thus far. So coming out of college, I started at Nielsen. I was at Nielsen for about five years. Um, and that was a fantastic place to start command of college. That really helped me understand data, POS, panel or loyalty card type of data. It's the same type of stuff. Helped me understand PNG and other CPG companies. So that really just helped me get my feet wet. I had some great managers. They helped me, helped me understand just how to navigate the CPG world and what does really good look like. So Nielsen was a great experience. Like I said, was there for about four and a half to five years. Um, I say four and a half to five years because while I was at Nielsen, at one point I actually started my own coffee business with a couple of friends. Um, and as it grew, I decided I had to take a leap and try to just run this coffee business. I was confident what I was doing at Nielsen was hopeful I could get back into the world I had to. So I decided, you know what, I'm young, I'm single, I don't have any kids or, you know, not too many responsibilities. Let's quit and try doing this for a couple of years or as long as I can. So I ran this coffee business for about two years, learned a ton. Uh, it was incredibly challenging, but it was also rewarding at the same time. But after about those two and a half years, it just kind of reached the point of it wasn't going quite where I needed it to go to keep doing it full time. So I decided let's get out of that and hopefully hop back into this CPG world that I'd left. Um, and I was fortunate enough to land a job at Kimberly Clark, where I became a category development manager for about two years. Um, and then actually left Kimberly Clark. Now, not simply good foods, where I've been a category development manager for about a year, a little over a year now. Perfect. Wow. It's funny. We did talk about this, but I had a similar path. Um, I, I did also work for Nielsen. I was on Spectre and Home Scan business, and I also did quit. <laughs> 
uh, of my job for a while and uh, became one of the first franchisees with 1-800-GOT-JUNK. So if you see those blue trucks running around, we brought that franchise to Minneapolis. So kind of funny that we have a similar experience. Uh, so you, you talked, so it sounds like right out of college, you went to Nielsen. So you, you somewhat maybe got some exposure into category management and shopper insights and things like that. Coming out of college, did you know what category management was, Shopper Insights, or when did you expose? Yeah, I had no idea what that was. Like in at Nielsen, I was an analyst, then I was an associate category or an associate manager. I didn't really know what those words meant. I was very focused on just Nielsen, more the data side of things. So I actually didn't learn about category management until later in my life where I just kind of stumbled into it. Um, which I stumbled into a great area and I found out I'm pretty good at this type of work. So I knew the nuts and bolts of category management, but I didn't necessarily understand that there was a job called category management at that point in my life. I was just an analyst helping P&G grow their business and interacting with a bunch of different people at P&G. Got it. So um, how did you get trained or who mentored you? Um, because and we'll talk a minute about the areas that you're good at, but just from a base level, how did you learn category management, the steps and the process, things like that? Yeah. So I think, I mean, at Nielsen, I didn't know I was learning some of the steps, but I think uh, one of the greatest classes I ever had at Nielsen was about consultative storytelling. And that really helped set the foundation of how do you create a compelling story and structure it in the right way to where you start with like the highest level and kind of narrow it down into some kind of insights that you act that you ultimately then have a recommendation or action. So that class alone really taught me a ton and just learning the, the Nielsen data or the POS data and then panel data that helped a ton. And then once I joined Kimberly Clark, I was really mentored by my manager and he really helped kind of shape me and evolve me into like, what does a category management do, category manager do? I already knew the nuts and bolts on how to do it. I just didn't necessarily know like, how do I take all those different things, put it together and become a strategic advisor, become a category manager and really help, you know, help categories? Sure, sure. So with that said, um, you know, again, we, we talked about the fact that you've been recognized as being really good at what you do. Yeah. And then you pointed out, hey, there's some things I do really, really well. And maybe that's why people think, hey, he, he's good. What are those things that you do well that maybe set you apart from other people? Yeah. So I think there's a couple of things I, I do pretty well. And the first thing is really being focused on strategy, right? So is this, I've learned in the past, hey, insights are great. Recommendations are, are even better. But if it's not linked to a strategy, that may or may not be helpful and you might be wasting your time and others' time. So I, I really approach things in a strategic fashion. When I started at Simply Good Foods, one of the first conversations I had with my buyer are, let's understand your strategies. Where's your head at today? Um, and I want to make sure that anything I do is aligned to those strategies. Because if you back it up for a little bit, in terms of growing sales, it's actually really simple. You either bring in new households, you get households to spend more, or you get them to show up more often, right? Like that's the nuts and bolts to grow sales for anything, really. So I'm like, okay, if I know those things. Let's talk about your strategies. How are you trying to grow your business? Because you can pick and choose. Some are easier, some are harder, just depending on the category you're in. So I think really making sure that I know their strategy and then anything I do is connected to that strategy. So I think being strategic, that's that's key. And sometimes 
underappreciated. And then another thing I'm really good at is storytelling. So I don't know. I don't necessarily think I learned this in my work life. It was just kind of, I've been a more of a, I was into art, more of a creative kid, you could say. My mom helped foster this creative spirit. I took art classes. I almost considered going to art, I mean, majoring in art when I was in college, but didn't work out. But anyways, I think, uh, I think that helped understand like being creative, telling stories, using visuals to tell stories. So I think storytelling is so key because in the world of data, data points, insights, we can all get to insights. Um, we can all look at numbers, but when you can actually set them up in a really easy fashion and tell a story, that just goes a long way, especially when you're working with different buyers and different people. Some are super data savvy, some aren't. So I think approaching it from a story standpoint just helps things stick, helps people remember. Um, so I think storytelling is key. And then I also think I'm pretty good at being more innovative. I'm just constantly thinking. So, you know, somebody says, hey, this is how we do it. I don't necessarily accept that as status quo. Like I'd like to understand how things have done in the past, but also my managers have done a good job of giving me the autonomy to really think for myself and maybe come up with a different solution if I see fit. So I think that helps me just because I approach things from different angles and I just try to constantly come up with new ways and potentially better ways, not always better, but sometimes better ways to approach things. And I think that's helped me too. Oh, that's great. I mean, it, it sounds like you're grabbing both experiences that you've had along with just strengths, personal strengths that you have when you talk about your mom and, and art and things like that. So that creative side, which is awesome. And I, I think there is that opportunity within the, you know, this profession. Uh, people sometimes talk about it as there's there's the science, but there's also the art that comes behind it. So it kind of lines up to what you're saying. Um, so you, you, you've gone along in your career, um, Nielsen. You had your coffee business. Then you did Kimberly Clark, Simply Good Foods. At some point in that process you've learned things, right? Whether it was something you did really well or maybe something that didn't go very well. So is there a point in time where, you know, sometimes people make a step change. So they, they know the basics and boom, they something happens and they really go to that next level of understanding. Um, is there a point in time that you had that aha, uh, whether it's through a training course or what have you, or like I said, an experience, that really helped you and really crystallized how you approach category management? I can't think of like one aha moment where I suddenly had a huge step change per se. I, I think a couple of things. One, when I was at Nielsen, I did a bunch of different things, but I found out I really actually enjoyed doing certain things that look a lot like category management. So when I actually left Nielsen and ended up at Kimberly Clark, I was like, this is amazing. I'm actually doing the stuff I really like doing 90% of the time. Before Nielsen, it was like, I do those cool things 30% of the time. So that was one, just like, again, I happen to end up in category management. Like, wow, this is amazing. This is where I want to be. I'm doing the stuff I like to do. Um, but then two, when I started within category management, I was green. I was young. I didn't know boundaries. And by that, I mean, you, you couldn't have told me, hey, this is your job description. These are the things you only do. I just kind of did things. So like I did my job, but I also did other things that weren't necessarily my job, right? I, I did more stuff with the sales team. So I, I think I learned more holistically, how do you run a business in a more broader sense? What does the sales component look like? What does the financial component look like? So like 
I've had experiences where I work with a bunch of different people. Maybe I overstepped my boundaries, but that allowed me to learn like, hey, how does this all come together? And yes, category management's a piece of it, but I also like to understand how everything else is kind of all moving up the ladder to driving sales for a company. Sure. No, that's that's good. And um, yeah, experience helps. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, so, you know, as you're learning and going along, sometimes it is just that gradual, as I stub my toe or go through something, you know, that, that brings out some insights and some things that can help me. Um, you, you, I'm going to go back for just a minute. You talked about innovation and, you know, your, your approach to innovation. What is your approach? Like, how do you, um, because there's one thing, let's say the same insight, there's another thing to take it to another level and really deliver something or, or come up with an idea that's really relevant. So can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah. So, I mean, I think innovations, it's interesting. You can approach it different ways. Um, one way that I approach innovation is using data visualization. So I'm a big believer in data visualization. I think it unlocks insights. You can layer multiple different facts or metrics together and on top of each other. And it might unlock a pattern or a trend or a story or you know some kind of insight you might not have even known about. So what I like to do is I have Tableau. I love I love Tableau. Shout out to Tableau. Uh, I like Spotfire too. I learned I learned Spotfire then Tableau, Power BI. I mean, they're all similar tools. I don't. It doesn't matter which one you use. But I literally pull a bunch of data and I throw it into Tableau and I just kind of play around. I know the metrics, right? Um, and I just kind of play and build. And I think I think my favorite chart is a scatter plot. Because you can layer multiple metrics on the x-axis, the y-axis. You can color by things. You can size by things. You can really unlock the data and say, like, what is driving success based on different metrics versus if you're just using Excel, which we all love and use Excel, right? Um, a ranking list only using one metric, it just doesn't fully tell you everything that's going on necessarily. So I, I think playing around in data visualization and just finding things that you might not have thought of is really cool. Um, I also think just constantly thinking. Like I, I think I never really turn my brain off. So like I'm always trying to solve things I don't even know I'm trying to solve. I just like think, here's a business question, put it in my head. I'll work on it slowly. I'll, I'll do some things. But if you just keep thinking about it or not even thinking about it, suddenly like you just come up with random ideas. Um, I mean, I mean, it's it's interesting. Like I won't be paying any attention to a certain thing that I thought about like a week ago and boom, something hits me in my head. Like I just write it down. I try to explore things. I don't know. Innovation is like, it's creativity to me. I don't understand it. It just kind of, sometimes it hits you and, and you just, you got to capture it and write it down and try to figure things out. So yeah, it's, I have a hard time explaining it basically. <laughs> no, that, that's interesting. And, and you brought up some um, tools that you use. So Power BI, Tableau, Spitfire. Um, some people might say those are really hard to use, right? Or they're not very comfortable with that. Um, I mean, you, you don't have an engineering background from what you stated, but, but, you know, easy for you to learn or, you know, how did you kind of pick up on all of those tools and, and be able to kind of, it, it sounds like you're building and using it on your own. Yeah. So, Go back to my Nielsen days. I, I got fortunate. Um, my very first manager I had, his big thing was Spotfire, which is a data visualization tool. He was the company's Spotfire expert. 
And very early on, he told me, hey, he thinks this tool is going to set him up for success in his future. So he thinks this was just kind of like his niche or his niche, however you want to say it. Um, and I decided to run with that too. So I was I learned from him and I leveraged Spotfire at a very early time in my career. And I, I saw the benefits from doing that. It just unlocked the data faster for me. I could create cool you know, dashboards or, or different visualizations where people could play around and I would deliver things to my buyers over at P&G and then they could use the data. So anyways, I got really lucky basically. Like I don't, I had no intention of like getting into data visualization. It just happened. My first boss was all about it. And I decided I really liked that idea. So he taught me, but it, it took, you know, it took years to become really good at it, which is kind of daunting. Um, but if you spend the time, and, and I think Tableau is great because Tableau and Spotfire, I think, are like Windows and Mac. Spotfire is like Windows. You can do a ton. You have to be a little bit more technical or it's a little harder versus Tableau is more like Apple or like Mac, right? Like it's more easy and approachable. Maybe you can't do everything like you can on Windows, but you can do vast majority of things faster and easier. So I really like Tableau because it's really easy to play with quickly. You don't have to know much coding or anything like that. You can just play around a little bit. So it's kind of like a sandbox. I just think people need to have exposure to it. And after, you know, 30 minutes of somebody just showing them the basics, you can really become dangerous pretty quickly. It doesn't take a whole lot of know-how to make a really awesome scatter plot that unlocks data. Oh, that's, that's good. And, and I'm starting to understand why people think you're so good. <laughs> Just as you talk about your story and, and your approach, the strategy, the innovation, having the data visualization, you know, all those pieces are critical. It's hard sometimes for people to have all of those strengths, right? So I think you, you kind of have, you're the triple threat. I'm, I'm dangerous with a few things. Maybe <laughs> I got lucky the things I'm good at. But again, like I said, at Nielsen, those things I like to do, but I didn't get to spend a lot of my time doing it. I got in the category manager, I was like, holy heck, I'm doing the things I like to do. It happens to be the things I'm good at some of them, right? So. Sure, sure. Awesome. So um, one last question here in this round, um, and that is, you know, you've seen now, uh, you know, a couple of years in category management, you've gone through COVID, all these different things. Um, but what's your, what do you think is the biggest challenge for you right now or the biggest challenge within category management? Yeah, so. For me, I'm really focused on Grover as my, you know, my retailer, whether in the food channel. Uh, right now, we're all in these recessionary times, right? Inflation continues to rise, which is impacting prices and it's impacting different channels differently. And unfortunately, food is being hurt because of the way they usually price things high low. Um, and so we're seeing a lot of household leakage to the mass channel, the club channel, to that big online person known as Amazon, right? Like, they're taking our buyers because they're unable, they're able to show value. Um, and value can mean a couple of different things, but the food channel in Kroger, it's, 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 uh, it's a challenge right now, right? We have these, these unseen times at a long time and it's, we've got to come up with creative solutions that demonstrate value because consumers have less money than they did last year, right? Because inflation. So people are very, attuned to what they're buying and how much they're spending. So I'm really focused on how do I help Kroger? How do I help my business 
during these times. Um, but also things are becoming more and more automated. So I'm also trying to understand what else can we do if uh, this machine can already spell these data points. I'm going back to storytelling and saying, hey, we need to take the data points and turn into a story that's simple and easy to understand for our buyers who may or may not be as data savvy. Got it. Got it. No, that's that's really good and, and very true. There's a lot going on right now, a lot of challenges. So um, it, it, it's a very interesting time, I think, for everyone, but specifically category managers who are trying and, and Shopper Insights people trying to figure out where that shopper is and how to approach them in the right way. So, um, you know, we've been in the trenches for a while. <laughs> so we're, we're going to come up for air. Finally, coming up for air. Thanks so much for all of that great insight on your background. Now, just want to learn a little bit, little bit more about you personally, um, just so people can kind of get a better understanding of how you tick. Um, what's a favorite book that you've read or reading or a, a specific quote that you stand by? Yeah. So, uh, you know, I, I've, I've recently have a daughter. She was born about nine months ago. So I don't do as much reading <laughs> as I would like to. I'll be honest with you. It's usually a few pages at night before I crash. Um, I do like to read science fiction. Honestly, I like to get away from the real world, right? Get away from the factual data side. That is my job and kind of go into that creative realm. So, um, I've been reading the Dune series. I'm on the third book right now, I think called Children of Dune. Uh, I've really enjoyed them thus far. It's just a different world and it's an interesting story that I've been enjoying. So I like to, I don't like to read as much fiction. I just kind of, I do it every single day from a job standpoint. So I like to go to that, or sorry, nonfiction. Sorry, I'm butchering the words, but you know, I like to stay away from some of that nonfiction when I, when I can and how to go in the fantasy realm. <laughs> yeah. Get that release. I like that. I like that. Exactly. Exactly. Um, so this might be somebody, you know, within your career or work related person or personal, but who's someone you admire? Yeah, that's, I mean, not to be cliche, but it's probably my parents, honestly, like my dad and my mom, there's a bunch of great people out there. I mean, there's tons of great business owners and different people that have done awesome things. But when I think about myself and like how I've gotten to where I am today, I mean, it's really on my parents, a lot of the stuff that they've done. So my dad, he's a retired doctor. He would work 12-hour days literally every single workday. He'd be out at 7, back at 7. Um, so he showed me what hard work looks like. But also, he helped me understand like family is a priority. And he never missed any athletic event or anything I ever did. He was always at my track meets, my cross-country races. So he really taught me what does hard work, hard, what does hard work look like and also understand family is more important. So I think that's been really big, especially now that I have a daughter trying to balance work and making sure I'm there for her. And then my mom, I think I touched on her earlier a little bit about that creativity. Um, so she really saw that I enjoyed drawing and coloring and helped push me in that path that I might not have gone down. So I did different art classes to garden high school. And I, and I, I really think artists helped me because as I make presentations, the way I approach colors and balance and images it's like art to me. So like I make things look pretty, but it's usually like different colors that are thoughtful and logical, right? You use red and yellow if it's kind of not doing great, green if it's doing good. So you just, I think that's really helped me of just like unlocking the data further and telling better stories. 
So again, cliche, but my parents have taught me a ton and I'm super appreciative and thankful for that. Might be cliche, but it's, it's good. <laughs> it's yeah. good. That's good. Um, so last question for you. Um, now that you've kind of gotten further along in your career, um, if you went back to that younger self that was coming out of college that started at Nielsen, what are some key things that you might share with the young Dan that would be helpful um, as, as you or he uh, started your career? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, honestly, I think you need to be uncomfortable in life. And in order to advance and get better, it's really about being uncomfortable. And I will say at Nielsen, for a long time, I would avoid things that made me uncomfortable. Um, but I've learned throughout my career now, like you actually want to embrace being uncomfortable. And that's really when you have big growth periods. So for example, I didn't love doing big presentations and that made me uncomfortable. That made me uneasy. But the more and more times I sought out those opportunities, the easier it became, the better I became at it. So I just think we as people, like we try to avoid that's the stuff that's uncomfortable, which makes sense, right? It's out of your comfort zone. It's not your strength. If you want to work on those opportunity areas, it's usually what's something that's uncomfortable to you. So I, I've learned and now I actively seek out things that I don't like to do. I try to do them because I know it's going to make me better long in the long run. I might hate myself in the moment, but I know coming out of it, hey, I've grown a little bit. So I think that's, I, I could have done more faster if I'd really understood that and like actively sought out the uncomfortable basically. That I think is the perfect ending to this episode. Um, I think now I understand truly why you're as good as you are. <laughs> a, a lot of people avoid, like you said, and not so many people seek out that that area of discomfort. But it seems like you've used that to grow and and has gotten you into areas that maybe you never imagined before, but now it's it's making you who you are and 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 how you do your work. So that's that's excellent. Yeah, without being uncomfortable, I wouldn't be here tonight, right? I wouldn't have been in category management if I didn't take that leap and quit Nielsen, a very, very good, very steady job, right? Like, you got to take those moments and it's going to be a challenge and you might not like it in the moment, but it will help you grow. Excellent. Well, well, Dan, this has been fantastic. Um, an incredible uh, conversation. Learned a lot. Glad to meet you. Uh but uh, hopefully this is beneficial for anyone listening. Um, as you probably heard, Dan went through a number of different experiences, leveraged a lot of his skills. But at the end of the day, I think what really rang true is that he was able to grow by being uncomfortable. So thanks for joining us. This is another episode of ArtCast, and we've been in the trenches. Join us again next time. And again, I am still your host, James Jackson. Thanks, Dan. And we'll talk to you later. Thanks, James. Okay, take care. We just want to thank everyone for coming out and listening to our ARC podcast. Please look forward to our next upcoming episodes as we bring more intriguing and insightful guests to our podcast. And don't forget, you're not alone. Have a great week. <laughs>